Hello, everybody. Before I get started, I need to embarrass somebody really quick. Can my mom and dad please stand up? <laughs> Today is their 34th wedding anniversary, so I want everyone to give them a cheer. So if you guys see them later, tell them happy anniversary. <laughs> They'll be, you know, bombarded all day. <laughs> all right. It's just really a privilege to be here with you today and talk about one of my favorite subjects, which I think it's a favorite of the Lord as well. It's, it's the prophetic. And a lot of you who have come may have already had some experience with the prophetic, but many of you who have come are probably coming to find out if you are prophetic and how much can you have in the prophetic? Is it for everybody or is it just for the Bob Joneses and the big guys that you see on the platform? And I just want to encourage you today with the gift of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy that it is the heart of God for you to hear his voice. And it's the heart of God to raise up a prophetic church and to raise up a prophetic generation and community where it's normal for our generation, it's normal for the church to be functioning in the gift of prophecy like all the time. It's, it's not just for a select few who are anointed and called. It is for this whole generation, and it is for everybody to have the gift of prophecy. So I just want to encourage you in that today. Let's go ahead and turn to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. We believe at IHOP that we are in the end times right now, and we're getting closer and closer to the end, and Joel chapter 2 is an end time promise from the Lord, and we believe that it's for this generation. So I'm going to go ahead and read verse 28 and 29. It says, Afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And this is the Lord speaking his desire in the Old Testament that he wanted to pour out his spirit on all people. The Lord created us for fellowship. We were created, the, the Adam and Eve were created to have fellowship with the Lord. And you and I were created to have fellowship with the Lord, to hear his voice and to have a life of prayer and, and communion with God. And so even in the Old Testament, the Lord longed, he has always longed to be close to us. He's always longed for a people that he could dwell with and dwell inside that would hear his voice. It's really interesting. There's a story about Moses and Joshua. When, when Moses was leading Israel, he was having these long lines of people coming and bothering him all day with all kinds of issues. And it was such a heavy burden that he raised up some elders in Israel who could help him judge the land. So there were, there were about 70 elders, and Moses said, I'm going to pray for you, and the same spirit that's on me is going to come on you. 
So when Moses prayed, the Holy Spirit fell on the other men, and they began to prophesy. And in the Old Testament, that's what would happen when the Holy Spirit would fall on people. They would prophesy. Well, the Holy Spirit lifted, and they stopped prophesying, but there were two men who didn't make it to the meeting. They were somewhere else. The Holy Spirit fell on them, and they were still prophesying, even though everybody else stopped. So this made Joshua, who was next in line as the leader of Israel, a little bit jealous and, and a little concerned. I think it was a us and them kind of thing. So he went up to Moses and he said, Moses, you've got to stop them. They're prophesying in the camp and they need to stop. And Moses said, are you being zealous for me or, or is there another motive behind your, your upsetness about this? And then this is what Moses said. He said, oh, that all of God's people were prophets and that God would put his spirit on all of them. And that cry from Moses' heart came from the Holy Spirit within him. That's a, that was a desire of God from the beginning. Oh, that there was a, a people that I could put my very spirit, my personality, my being into them and be that close to them that they would hear my voice and that they would prophesy. And he's talking about you. He's talking about all of you who are in this room right now. He's talking about this generation. So in context of the end times, and we believe we are in the end times, we believe that this has not been fully fulfilled yet. Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, was the beginning of the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they all spoke in tongues and they declared the praises of God and there was the wind and the fire. And that was just the beginning. We believe that there is still yet a, a fuller fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 that is going to take place before Jesus returns. And we believe it's going to happen in this generation. So I want to encourage you that this is ordained for you. So if you're coming here saying, am I prophetic? You are prophetic. <laughs> okay, raise your hand if you're prophetic. Good. <laughs> Everyone needs to raise their hand. Okay, and so it, it's the inheritance of every believer. And this is how. When we, believe, when we become believers, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, right? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God. So God lives inside of you. It takes about a billion years to meditate on that one. But we have a billion years, so that's going to be awesome because forever and ever we get to just go into the depths of God and his mystery and all the things that he's done for us. So we have the Holy Spirit. We have God living inside of us, and God speaks, right? So if God lives in you and he speaks, then why wouldn't we be able to hear him? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't it be natural and normal for us to walk in that fellowship with him and to hear his voice? Another promise that I love about this generation that was given, it was given by Jesus in John uh, 14, verse 12. He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Did you guys know that Jesus prophesied? A lot of times we don't think about that because we think, well, Jesus was God. He knew everything. But we forget Jesus was a human being. He was a man. He was fully God, and he was fully man, and he had to rely on the Holy Spirit. In John 5, 19, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Now, how did he see what the Father was doing? 
unless he was a seer. How, how did he see what the father was doing without the spirit of prophecy? He prophesied to the Samaritan woman. He prophesied many times. He prophesied about Israel. And so if Jesus walked in the prophetic and he said that we would do greater things than he did, it is our inheritance to do this. It is our inheritance to see what the Father is doing and to be in that fellowship. And I love Jesus said that, he said, my sheep know me and I know them just as I know the Father and the Father knows me. I love that verse, that it's just so eternal. If you think about how much does the Father and Jesus know each other, <laughs> they've like existed together forever, how much, how well does Jesus know the Father? Well, Jesus said we can know him the same way that he knows the Father. We can have intimacy with Jesus the same way that Jesus has intimacy with the Father. That just completely blows me away. And that opens up the window of anyone who hopes to be prophetic. It opens the window for anyone who hopes to hear God's voice. Jesus laid it out before you, and that reason is why he came, so that you could come before God with boldness, and you could have that fellowship with him. It would be unbroken without any hindrance. So that's a promise from the Lord as well. It's really a, a, another permission-giving verse about the prophetic. is in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 1 and verse 5. The verse 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And also verse 39, he says, therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy. So we are, we are actually commanded to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. And a lot of times, I think we are afraid of being arrogant. We want to step out. We want to be prophetic. We may feel that call of greatness on our life, but we, we wonder, is this really for me? Who do I think I am? Who other people are going to think? Who do I think I am? Can I really step out in this? And yet Paul commands us to eagerly desire to prophesy and to desire spiritual gifts. One of my favorite reasons about that is because our Heavenly Father loves to give us good gifts if we ask him. Our father isn't stingy. He is so generous. It's beyond our comprehension. Your father is incredibly generous, and so many promises from Jesus tell us that anything that we ask in his name, we receive, and it's really true. And so we can ask for the gift of prophecy. We can ask to hear God's voice. So we're told to eagerly desire prophecy, to eagerly want to hear God's voice. And it's not just about our eagerness for the prophetic. I believe that God is eager for a people who will listen to him. He's eager for friends. He's looking for friends. In Isaiah 66, verse 2, he says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? And he says, I dwell with the one that's humble and contrite and who trembles at my word. And so the Father is seeking. He's looking for a dwelling place. And when I think of the prophetic, I'm not just thinking about having a, a big ministry or, or people telling me what I'm supposed to do next year and should I move here or there or go to that school or join this ministry or that ministry because a lot of times that's what we focus on in the prophetic. Well, the main purpose of the prophetic is to know God. It's the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus. 
and God is eager to have a dwelling place. My heart is that my, my spirit and my life would be a dwelling place for God where he can come close to me and that he would consider me his friend and that he would say, I want to share my heart with you because I trust you. And I long for that place of intimacy with you. And so the Lord, out of the place of, of desire and love for us, is wanting that dwelling place in our heart because the prophetic is really more about intimacy than it is about a ministry. Even though the ministry is good because it's partnership with the Lord, the greatest partnership is that of intimacy with him first. So we're told, eagerly desire prophetic gifts because the Father is eager to give us good gifts. He's eager for a people who will hear his voice. I love thinking about what does eagerness look like? And a lot of you were eager to get here early so you could have a good seat. <laughs> or you're eager to be up front for the worship service so you could uh, not be stuck in those chairs and you can move around and dance a little bit. Or you're eager to eat a hamburger after you fasted for three days. <laughs> so think about the things that you're eager to do. And that's what we're called to do with the gift of prophecy. We're supposed to eagerly desire it. And I just want to um, bring freedom to any of you who feel that little hesitation of that lack of confidence can exist for everybody, and it is for everybody. It is for every believer. So you are, you don't, it, it's about permission sometimes, and it's also about confidence, and I'm here to give you both. You have permission to ask for as much as you want in the Lord regarding prophecy, and you can be confident because it is our inheritance to prophesy. It's, it's, I've had a question a lot during some of the prophecy seminars because of 1 Corinthians 12 and, and 14. It talks about spiritual gifts, and it talks about the Lord giving spiritual gifts to each one as he determines. But it also says the Holy Spirit works all of the gifts in all people. So the Holy Spirit can use you in any gift of the Spirit anytime he wants to. He can use you for healing, mercy, compassion, prophecy, all of these gifts he can use in us at any time because he lives in us and, and we can't limit him. And so as, as far as the prophetic being a gift, I believe it's for everyone. And I just want to share a little bit about when I began to experience the prophetic. I was about 14 and uh, my parents started getting involved with the Vineyard Christian Fellowship and uh, John Wimber, who gave leadership over that. And so our church began to move in the prophetic a lot more. And uh, up to that point, most of what I saw of the prophetic was maybe once every three months. Usually it was like an older lady would stand up in the middle of the church and speak King James that we're all stiff-necked <laughs> and stubborn children and we need to repent. And then it's really quiet and you're like, what do we do? And I was probably like nine, you know, wow. And uh, so that's what I thought the prophetic was until we started learning about it um, because of John Wimber's teaching, and the prophetic is, is simple. You don't have to change your language and change the way you talk. It's naturally supernatural, and you can just be with the Lord and let him speak to you, give you an impression, let you hear his voice, and um, then share it. I mean, it's as easy as that. It doesn't have to be this big mystery. And so I began, at that time, I saw other people my age giving words or having dreams or visions, and I was like, 
I want that. Why can't I have it? If they can do it, I can do it. And that's true, all of us, <laughs> for all of us. And I began to ask the Lord. I just said, Lord, I want more of the prophetic. I, I would, at night, I would be praying and I'd ask, I'd wait on the Lord and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. Will you come and speak to me? Will you come and give me a picture? Will you come give me a vision? Will you let me see an angel? <laughs> you know, when I'm reading the scriptures, will you open up the scriptures to me and, and let me know your heart and, and hear your heart and feel what you're feeling and the Lord began to answer me because that's what he does when we ask him for things he answers us and he rewards those who earnestly seek him and so I just began to ask and I started having dreams and I remember I was wondering am I allowed to ask for this or does God decide who gets to prophesy and I came across the verse where Jesus told us ask anything and it will be given to you and Jesus told us that, ask, ask, ask me for anything in my name or ask the Father for anything in my name, and it's yours. And the same with 1 John. John told us the same thing in 1 John. He said, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that he hears us. And if he hears us, we already have what we asked him for. So I took that verse and ran with it. I stood before the Lord and I said, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and I ask you for the gift of prophecy. And I did. I began to feel the presence of the Lord. And after that time, we grow in the prophetic. And so little by little, I was getting dreams. And then I'd pray for people and I might have a little impression or have a picture and I'd just tell them hey I had this picture does this mean anything to you and they'd say yeah I'd say oh cool <laughs> let's pray about it <laughs> I'd be excited and so I'm sharing that to tell you you can ask and what I love in um, Matthew Jesus tells us to ask ask and you will receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be answered to you and he said if you even though you're evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask and so that's who we're coming before we're coming before our heavenly father and I mean you can think of the most ideal father on earth and multiply it by a billion and that's our heavenly father in his generosity toward us and we can come before him and say father I want the gift of prophecy I want to hear your voice I ask you for the gift of prophecy I ask you for the spirit of prophecy to be working in my life I ask you to teach me in it and to train me in it and this is you can do this you can come before the Lord and you can ask him now the essence of prophecy is found in Revelation 19 verse 10 this is central to the prophetic. This is when John sees this massive angel, and this angel is so awesome that John falls down before the angel to worship him. The angel stops him, and he says, don't do it. And he says, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what this means, if you want to be prophetic, then you need to have the testimony of Jesus. You need to know the testimony of Jesus. So what is the testimony of Jesus? I think one way that we have the testimony of Jesus is his story in our lives, it, but it being alive. Who is Jesus in you today? 
Who, who is he? We have to have that living encounter, that living life of encounter, not just what he did in our lives 20 years ago, but what he's doing today, what he did last week, who he is alive in our lives right now. That's one uh, way to describe the testimony of Jesus. It's our story of him. But really, the testimony of Jesus is his story. It's what he has to say. It's the things that are on his heart. And so to know the testimony of Jesus, the only way to know it is prayer. It's to draw near to him in intimacy. And you can't get intimacy with God on the run. It comes from spending time with him. When I think of the prophetic, the first thing I think of, especially if there's ministry time, like, hey, if you feel you have a prophetic calling on your life and you want more, come forward. When I go forward for those things, I want everyone in here, I I just want to tell you, you can always go forward for those. (laughs) You're not being arrogant. Just go forward and say, it's me. (laughs) Okay. When I go forward for those things, I'm not primarily thinking I want a bigger prophetic ministry. I'm not primarily thinking I want to give more accurate prophetic words, which those things are fine. When I think of the prophetic, I'm thinking of I want it because I want to know God more. We can only know God through revelation. And revelation only comes from God. And so that's what we do in prayer. We ask him. We ask the Lord, give me revelation of who you are. Give me revelation of your heart. And so in order for us to have the testimony of Jesus, we have to have that lifestyle of prayer where we're coming before Jesus and we're saying, I don't know you. And I think the more we grow in the Lord, the more we realize we don't know him. We come before Jesus and we say, I don't know you. I want to know what's on your heart. What are you feeling? right now? What are you feeling about Iraq today? What are you feeling about my next door neighbor today? What are you feeling about the church? What are you feeling about China? And, And what are you feeling about the youth? What are you feeling about President Bush? And to come before Jesus and say, what are you saying? What's your testimony right now? What are the things that are on your heart? Did anybody go to Shelley Hundley's workshop? So some of you heard about standing in the council of the Lord, right? This is similar. You have to stand in the council of the Lord to know what the Lord is saying. And we don't want to prophesy without that. To prophesy without intimacy, to me, is just no different than fortune-telling. You can run on empty for a while in ministry, but it's not going to last you very long. So the heart of prophecy is Jesus. It's who he is. And it's not just information. It's not just to to get the latest revelation of what's coming next week or, or what he thinks about certain things. We want that. But the primary thing is who he is. It's revelation of him and the beauty of who he is and what he's like. And it's inexhaustible, which is why we can always ask for more. It's why we can always grow in the prophetic and grow in knowing him. And so that's the first thing I think about. It's Jesus revealing his personality to us. It's Jesus revealing his heart, his emotions, his attributes. How many of you during this conference, you've been in a worship time and you felt the Holy Spirit come on you and you, you felt like you were getting some kind of revelation of God, just who he is, whether it's his holiness or the fear of the Lord or he's coming back soon. That's like the one for me. Ah, it's good and terrifying at the same time. Or that he, he's a bridegroom and he's in love with you and somehow in your spirit, He's communicating this to you. Well, that's the testimony of Jesus being revealed to you. And so if we want to be more prophetic, the goal isn't chase the prophetic, 
chase the prophetic people, listen to all the prophetic tapes and read all the prophecies. It's not bad to do that. But if you want to be prophetic, run into the heart of the eternal prophet. Run, and Jesus is so much more than a prophet. Run into the heart of Jesus and you will be prophetic. When we teach on the prophetic at IHOP during the seminars, this is what we tell people. Do you want to be prophetic? Pray. Go sit in the prayer room in a blue chair for hours, meditate on the word, and gaze upon Jesus, and you will prophesy. It'll come out of that. You won't be able to help it because you'll be beholding him, and you'll be being transformed, and you'll know his heart through prayer. And that's what we tell people. Go pray, and you will prophesy. It's really interesting. A lot of the prophets in the Bible functioned in a priestly role. The priest came before the Lord burning incense and worship and intercession. And even John the Baptist, he was in the wilderness. How do you think he got revelation of Jesus as a bridegroom? He was gazing on him. He was waiting in the wilderness to hear his voice and to to be the friend of the bridegroom, to have intimacy with God. And it's the same way with us in prophetic ministry. It's to pursue the heart of Jesus through prayer. Jesus wants friendship with us. I love this verse in John 15, verse 15. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. We've been called the friends of Jesus. I love it, and I love this generation. It's not going to be about the superstars who are on the platform. And yeah, God calls certain people to those ministries, but it's going to be about a generation who are friends of Jesus, who are like John the Baptist. And the Lord is raising up that John the Baptist generation who say, I must decrease, he must increase. I'm just his friend. The church isn't mine. I'm not touching her. All I'm going to do is encourage her with the fire affections of the bridegroom and make her ready that's all I'm going to do and that's our calling as a prophetic people to do that John talked about the testimony of Jesus in 1st John chapter 1 verse 1 and I long for this to come true in the church where John said uh, that which we have heard we've seen with our eyes we've looked at and our hands have touched this we proclaim concerning the light, the, the um, I'm sorry, I lost my little place here, the word of life. This, we, this is what we proclaim about Jesus. We've seen him, we've looked at him, we've touched him, we've been with him. And I would love for that to be true of this generation, that there would be such a level of encounter and hunger in our hearts before the Lord in our prayer times that we encounter Jesus and we're able to see, I've seen him, I've touched him, I've looked at him, I've heard his voice. This is who he is. And the Lord is going to bring a worldwide revival and he's, I mean, he said it in his word, the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And the Lord is going to use us to do that. And so that's why it's necessary for us to have that testimony of Jesus um, alive in our hearts. So how does this all work? How does prophecy work? Some of you might be feeling, guy, I feel like I never hear God's voice voice. I've never had a dream. I don't have pictures. Everyone else falls down in the ministry line. I'm the only one standing up, and what's wrong with me? (laughs) 
I just want to encourage you. I, I want to bring down the mysticism of the prophetic. It doesn't have to be all mystical and out there and weird. And when you experience, you, it, you don't have to be that way either. You can totally be yourself. Wear your blue jeans and T-shirts and talk the way you talk and chew your gum or whatever. Just be who you are in the prophetic. So prophecy is as simple as this. It's receiving a revelation from God and then telling it. That's all. You receive a revelation. There's a lot of ways. You have impressions, dreams, visions. You might hear a voice inside of you. You might hear a voice outside. You might have an open vision or you just have a feeling in your heart or you feel an emotion. That's something that happens to me sometimes. I might feel an emotion for somebody and it's the heart of the Lord just letting me know how he feels for them. So we get the revelation and then we just we say it. And uh, I love this because the Lord wants us to have revelation. And Paul prays in Ephesians 1.17. He says, I pray that the glorious Father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know God better. And I love that. Now here's um, a scripture that helps us to understand how revelation works. You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 if you want. I'm going to just read some bits and pieces of it. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. So the Holy Spirit, as I said earlier, he lives inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is God. So the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God, and he reveals them to us. It says the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. All right? So nobody here knows my thoughts because you're not me. The only way you'd know my thoughts is if God tells you what they are. So anybody? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing with God. Nobody knows God's thoughts because we're not him. Only the Holy Spirit knows because the Holy Spirit is God. And the good news is the Holy Spirit lives in us and we can have fellowship with the Holy Spirit anytime we want because we have, it's that dwelling place that he lives inside of us, and we can talk to him, and we can wait and listen for him to talk back. Uh, I, you don't have to raise your hand. I was just going to say, how many of you do that? And I just encourage you in your prayer times not only to talk to the Lord, but ask him to talk to you. Ask him for visions. Ask him to let you feel his heart. Ask him to give you dreams at night before you go to bed. When you're at Walmart, ask him for words for people. Ask him to speak to you and to show him things about you. And so that's how prophecy happens. We have the Holy Spirit in us who searches the deep things of God, the thoughts of God, and then he speaks them back to us, to our spirits. That's a revelation. Now, I just want to give a really quick overview of New Testament prophecy because a lot of times we get a little confused with New Testament versus Old Testament prophecy. There's a purpose for uh, prophecy in the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians 14.3, Paul says, Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. Let's all say that together. Strengthening, encouragement, comfort. Just remember that when you're prophesying to someone, is, is this that? 
Prophecy is also to build up the church. Now, it's really common. Sometimes we think of prophecy, just depending on your background, as a rebuke or a correction or to discipline someone or to tell them what to do. (laughs) Move here, work here, do this, don't wear that. All of those things. Where prophecy is about the heart of God. That's the main thing. It's about the heart of God. And the heart of Jesus is to build up his church, is to edify, encourage, and comfort. One good thing to remember is the church is the bride of Christ. So it's a good thing for us to watch how we talk to Jesus' wife, right? Okay, so the the main purpose of prophecy in the New Testament is to encourage and edify and to comfort. And the way that we give prophecy, it's important that people feel that from us. Um, In the Old Testament, prophets received direct revelation from God when the Spirit came on them. And in the New Testament, the difference is that we have the Spirit within us who speaks to us and he's partnering with us and using our weak words to communicate. What this means is that God, whatever he says, is always 100% accurate, but what we say isn't always 100% accurate. But the good news is we don't get stoned for it today because of the way that <laughs> that prophecy works as we grow in our gift, we mature in our gift. And so for those of you who are new in it, I encourage you to just be bold and start stepping out and to let you know it's okay to make mistakes. A mistake is not a sin. I didn't bring my rocks with me today. Darn, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're, you don't have to be afraid of that. We don't grow until we are trained. And so I want to encourage you to, to step out and to have boldness and to not worry about if you have it right or have it wrong. I just want to encourage you in that. Okay. There's a couple of of levels of prophecy, and um, this is just basically uh, the first level of simple prophecy, which is what all of us can do today, right now. Uh, It's what most of us do. Any of us can prophesy at any time, and it's usually not public. It's just one-on-one in ministry times with our friends or home group meetings. The next level is if you have a prophetic gifting or prophetic ministry. Most people that you know who are well-known in the prophetic, this is where they are at. They have a, a recognized ministry by the church to minister prophetically regularly. And then there's the office of prophet, which is very, very rare today, and it's someone who functions as an Old Testament prophet who has a a track record over years and years of, of time of being accurate, of having character, of being with the church and connected to the church and all of these things. So I just wanted to say those things uh, because I'm not telling you you're all prophets. I'm telling you you can all prophesy and just to free you up there. So when we get a revelation, what do we do? You have the dream, you have the vision, okay? There's three steps, revelation, interpretation, application. The revelation is what you got from the Lord. The dream, the vision, the picture, the impression. It's the first thing you get. When, as soon as you get that, the, the best thing to do is say, now what, Lord? Ask him what it means. That's the second step, the interpretation, because this is often where prophecy can miss it. We try to interpret or embellish and all of those things. And uh, the best thing to do is to ask the Lord what it means before we share it. The third application, this is what do we do with it? Is it supposed to be shared right now? 
Am I supposed to share it at all? Am I just supposed to pray about it? Is this a corporate word? Is this the time to share it? You need to ask the Lord all of those things before you, you uh, release a prophetic word. And then in giving the word, and this is just how we train our teams at IHOP, it's very important. We call it positive, friendly prophecy. And our view of God affects how we prophesy. If we think God is angry and he's out to correct us all the time and he's always disappointed in us, then how do you think we're going to prophesy over people? We're going to give some pretty negative words and not draw people to Jesus at all. And so we need that revelation of God. Like I said earlier, he's a father of pleasure. Jesus is a jealous bridegroom who desires us incredibly and has so much love and passion for us. And the father is full of pleasure. And as we have this revelation of God, that totally changes how we prophesy to people. So when we give them words, instead of binding them and making them feel bad, we give words that encourage them and build them up and make them feel welcome before the Father. And that's what we want to do when we're speaking prophetically. So how can we have a lifestyle in the prophetic? What is the best way to grow in the prophetic. How do we become more prophetic? And it's pretty much what I was saying earlier. It's a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of being in the word, of having the testimony of Jesus alive in your heart. It's really important to not have ministry as the goal, but to have intimacy as the goal. And again, to think of yourself as the friend of Jesus, just saying, Lord, I want to be your friend. I want to feel what you feel. I want to hear your heart. And then at the same time, it's very important to be in the word. And as you read the word, ask for the spirit of prophecy. Ask the Lord to share his heart with you and to speak his heart over you and to let you feel his emotions and to, to feel what he feels. And even praying the scriptures will really open that door for you in your heart. When you're, when you're in the word, look for the heart of God in it. Don't just do it as a discipline. Say, God, where's your heart in this? I want to find your heart today. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak to me and train me. So to have this as a lifestyle, to grow in it, just remember the Holy Spirit lives within you and wants you to hear his voice, and you can be in that place of communion with the Holy Spirit. All right, let's stand. I would just love to pray over you guys. I want to pray for everyone. We're not going to have a ministry time where you come up. Just everyone's going to stay where they're at. But if you um, haven't experienced the gift of prophecy before and you're just hungry for that, I just want everyone to just close your eyes. And if that's you, just lift your hands before the Lord. Because I want to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and encourage your heart. Holy Spirit, I just we love you and we thank you that you live inside of us. We thank you, Father, that you desired us so much. You desired intimacy with us so much. You chose us, and that you live in us by your Spirit. Lord, I thank you for your promise in Joel 2.28 that you would pour out your Spirit on all people, that your sons and your daughters would prophesy. Lord, I just uh, speak that over this group today. You will prophesy. You will dream dreams. You will see visions. 
that this is the generation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, those of you who are lifting your hands, I want you to ask Jesus for the gift of prophecy, just like he told us to ask him. Just come before the Lord, say, Jesus, I ask you for the gift of prophecy. Lord, we ask you for the gift of prophecy today. Jesus, I ask you to come, as for the testimony of Jesus, to come and rest on us. I ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. Let's just wait for a minute. Lord, I pray that you would release a prophetic spirit over this group. Father, I just pray that you would open us up into your heart. Lord, I ask you for revelation into the heart of God, the, the being of God, the personality, the beauty of God. Lord, I pray for dreams. Lord, I pray that this week that uh, those in this room would have dreams, that their dreams would increase. Lord, I pray for that partnership of intercession and the prophetic. Lord, I pray for those in the, the room who feel called to intercession. Lord, I just pray that you would release a prophetic spirit on them. Lord, that when they're in the place of prayer, they would feel your heart that they would feel what you feel over nations, that they would feel what you feel as they, they pray for people groups and nations, for the church. Lord, I pray that we would know you, God, that we would know your heart, Jesus, that we would know your testimony, Lord, that we would know what you are saying, what you are feeling and thinking, Jesus. That Holy Spirit, you would help us to draw near to you in prayer and to know you, God. Lord, I ask you for the gift of hunger for prophecy. Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would groan and yearn within us jealously for the knowledge of God. And I just pray that as um, these people go home, Lord, that as they spend time with you, that there would be that groaning and that hunger for the voice of God, that they would contend to hear your voice, God, that they would say, I can't live without hearing your voice. I can't live without having the word of the Lord. So I pray that you would give them hunger for the word of the Lord, that you would give them hunger for what's really on your heart, what you have to say, God. Pray that you would encourage them that as they ask, that it's your pleasure to give them good gifts, that it's your pleasure to lavish them, Lord, that there's no ceiling over what they can ask for. Lord, we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, God.